MP, Christmas is almost here. Brado, doesn't that mean the world's about to end? Oh, don't be silly, Marcus. But what is about to end is the two-for-one tickets to the Wellness Base Camp. Jeepers, Brado. Two-for-one tickets to the Wellness Base Camp close this Friday, December 15. Book your tickets now to go in the draw to win some incredible prizes. That's right, Brado. We have three copies of Joe and Fuad's life-changing food to give away and up for a chat, Kim Morrison is giving one lucky Base Camp attendee the signature 28 diffuser with not one, not two, but three synergy blends, including festive spirit. That is valued at almost 200 bucks. All you need to do is book your tickets to the Wellness Base Camp by Friday, December 15 to go in the draw. Give yourself the best Christmas present ever. And win a prize. Two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast. It's H here, your host, OMG, who is feeling fully squeezed and stretched and like the to-do list is like incredible and you've got so many things to think about and the house needs to be cleaned and the presents need to be bought and what are you going to eat on that day and how are you going to catch up with those people and have you hoovered under the beds and what are you going to get the present for that kid who's got everything and what are you going to eat when you go around to so-and-so's house and as well end of term if you've got kids all sorts of things happening at school, end of term discos and parties and nativity plays and rocket launches, <laughs> class meetings, assemblies. It is a super mega oh, time of the year. So before we start today's podcast, let's all just have a nice deep breath in and out. Just let any tension go in your neck and shoulders. And look yourself in the mirror and say, you've got this, because <laughs> you so have. But ultimately, it's a squeezy, squeezy week. Um, so let's just make sure that we're really looking after ourselves this time of the year. If you are feeling super, super stressed, sometimes this can be a really cool time to um, quit your gym workout and just go for a walk in nature, um, prioritize sleep, prioritize, you know, breathing. That's really quite important to get the good food into you, not too much alcohol, not too much sugar. And if you are having a very busy time, my house is going from being just me and the cats and peace and quiet, stillness, space and solitude <laughs> to having 
my parents here and the kids all summer. And it's awesome. And I love it. And I love my parents. And it's amazing that they come over from England every year. And there's so much fun and we do awesome things. But it's really full on and it's a real change from the routine. So just make sure that you find time and this saying this to myself too, find time for yourself, you know, like um, to have a nap or do the six phase meditation or something where you can just have a little bit of uh, retrospective inner time as well. Um, so you don't burn out and get exhausted and be that grumpy cow. <laughs> but you can be. We all can. We know it. Anyway. Before we launch in today's show, now we've had a little breather and we know that we're all in this together and you're not alone and you're not crazy. I just wanted to say a little bit about the Primal List Baking franchise because things have been going exciting, so gangbusters, since Joan Fouad um, mentioned Primal Alternative to their amazing audience of incredible women. So I've spent the last um, couple of weeks catching up with um, potential primalisters, having primalister discovery calls, finding out if they're a good fit for our brand and if this opportunity fits into their life. Um, this opportunity is resonating with so many people. So if you've got a passion for a clean living uh, way of life, if you're into clean living, you love whole food, um, you love baking in the kitchen, in your own kitchen, you want to work from home and you want to have um, a business of your own, something that you can be the boss of and decide how many hours a week you're going to you're going to work, whether you're going to do markets, whether you're going to do stockists, um, you're the boss. So if that appeals and you're into, if you've 20, if 2018 is your year for a bit of personal growth, start your own business because whatever stuff you need to work on, it'll come up uh, when you start your own business. That might be something as simple as like tech. You might not be that hot on tech like me. I didn't know very anything about tech at all. And now I'm like on tech all day long and quite good at it now. Thanks very much. Um, or it might be you feel like you're not great at sales or you feel like you're not very good at looking after the accounts for your business. These are all just brilliant opportunities to grow and learn new skills and yeah, just expand in terms of your um, experience on this planet. Why not? And we are creating an amazing network of local producers. Uh, we have a closed Facebook group called Primalistas and we get in there we really support each other. Everyone's so enthusiastic. Um, think sisterhood when it comes to the Primalistas. Sue, who's on the show today, is a big fan of Primal Alternative. Um, I love Sue's cookbook, The Joyful Table, which she gifted me when we um, met up at Pete Evans' The Magic Pill earlier in the year up in Perth. Primalista Chicken and I went to hang out with them. Um, but with Pete at his movie and um, also saw the Paleo Nutters, Mel and Bendy and saw Sue and Amy and Ness and all of the other cool um, Paleo people. And obviously hanging out with Prime Minister Shelley as well at that event. It was so much fun. So thanks for that book, Sue. We love it. If your family likes traditional, conventional, yummy food, um, Sue has got an alternative uh, Paleo recipe for it right down to like icing on birthday cakes, uh, desserts, main meals, breakfasts, everything. It's an incredible book. Um, and when I posted it on the Primal Alternative page, loads of people bought it because it's a really good book. So we're going to go and have a chat to Sue. Sue's going to talk us through her journey of how she 
found paleo and how that's changed her life and how she's then gone on to inspire other people, appear on radio and create cookbooks. So this is a really good show for those of you who are into this way of life, wanting to learn more from other people's experiences. And if you're interested in having a business doing something that you love, then you're going to learn a lot from what Sue has got to share with us today. Let's get into it. Oh, you know what? Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast. Today I am joined by the lovely Sue Joy, who is author of the cookbook, The Joyful Table. And I connected with Sue in our awesome Paleo in Perth community. If you're not, if you're in WA and you're not part of that community, then definitely get on board because it is a seriously cool group where we can all network together. Um, I live down in Albany, which is about six hours away from Sue. But whenever I go to Perth, I've got this like whole group of new paleo pals and Sue's included that I get to hang out with. And I saw Sue last week at um, Pete Evans's uh, showing of the magic pill, which Sue and I both went to. And Sue very kindly gifted me a copy of her amazing cookbook, which I am delighted with and going through. And the kids are loving it. Cook this, cook this, make this, make this. So... Welcome to the show, Sue. I'm so excited to find out your story. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Howard. And it was great to meet you in person last Wednesday evening. So it's good to see people on Facebook and and hear them. And I've heard some of your podcasts, which were just wonderful. But it's just nothing like actually meeting in person. It's yeah, just great. having a big cuddle. And, and it's funny because, like, and this is what I love about social media is like, you, you know, people before you meet them. So like you went on first meeting, yeah. it's like big hugs and like, oh, so nice to meet you, which is really, it's kind of like a bit backwards, isn't it? <laughs> It really is. It really is. It's just opposite to how life normally was, but but it's good, and it was so lovely to catch up with a lot of paleo people. Yes, love it. I love it. So I am wrapped to have you on the show, and we're going to delve into your personal journey, and you can tell us, you know, what was happening health wise with you that made you come to paleo. So we're going to start with that, but before we go there, let's start with what you had for breakfast. Well, I had chocolate cinnamon chia pudding bowl for breakfast, mm. chopped with some of my homemade granola on top of it and a few strawberries. Delicious. So I get my dose of cinnamon when I have that. That's really quick and easy breakfast. This will whiz it up in the blender. So you actually have a chocolate mousse for breakfast in one way, but you've got half a banana in it, coconut milk, you've got chia seeds in it, cinnamon, some mixed spice. Um, I put a little bit of gelatin in it. And sometimes if I know it's going to be a busy day, I may not get all of my greens for the day. I put some spinach in and you'd never know it's in there. And just whiz it in the blender, into a bowl, sprinkle it with a few things on top and eat it. And the cinnamon. I always get cinnamon in my day every day because that all helps with levering your blood sugars and helping metabolize your carbohydrates that you may get that day. So anyway, that was this morning. That's a great little tip. So like if people were thinking, oh, I want to get some cinnamon in my life in terms of, you know, for their blood sugars and helping them to metabolize their carbs, what sort of, are we looking at a teaspoon or like how much do you reckon, Sue? 
you would have between one, three teaspoons would be the max mm-hmm. in a day. Mm-hmm. So I always, every day I would get at least a teaspoon in. It goes in my savory cooking. It goes in my um, breakfast. It goes in lots of things. But I would probably have around two teaspoons a day. But you need to choose don't get me off on these things. We haven't even started. I'm going to get off on cinnamon. We need to look at salon cinnamon, not cassia, mm. which is really called the fake cinnamon. Mm. And the real cinnamon is salon. So the fake is much, much cheaper. Or it might be called Chinese or Vietnamese um, cinnamon. And that would be probably what you'd get in the supermarkets because it's so much cheaper and easier to get. But I just to ask if people could really try and search for the real cinnamon, which is Salon, and I buy big bags of organic online from iHerb. Oops, give me a plug. Um, just as much cheaper, but you can get it. Yeah, here in Australia, you just need to search it out, and that's much better for you. So is there, Sorry? So no, much no, I love these tips. This is great. So because I, I get cassia because that's, you know, that's just what you get. When you order cinnamon, they send you cassia. So is there no yes. health benefits to cassia at all? Yes, um, there are the same health benefits. Research has shown that you'll get the same health benefits with your blood sugar levels, helping with that um, and helping. Cinnamon is an actual natural preservative. So when you eat it and you've got food that might not be the best food in your tummy, it could be, I mean, it's also antifungal, antibacteria. So even if you had some food that was a little off maybe and you had cinnamon with it, you should do okay. Mm. Um, now, cassia does have similar benefits, not quite as high, but there is some side effects of cassia. There is, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I should remember it. Well, did, there's just, sorry, to there's some, the, sorry to put you on the cinnamon to, spot. To, we weren't going to talk about cinnamon, but yeah. what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So cassia can be a little bit toxic in a certain area if you overdo it. So if you're having cassia, don't go up to three teaspoons a day. Keep it, maybe just go one teaspoon a day. Yeah. Top tips. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was it. Yeah, great. So we've, we've, that, uh, we've had a lesson in cinnamon and also got a new idea for breakfast, which is great because I know a lot of people that are new to paleo really struggle with breakfast and they very quickly get sick of eggs. So that's a great one. And I know in your – sorry, I don't mean to keep plugging your cookbook. The cookbook. But that's not in my cookbook. That's on the website. That, that recipe, uh, chocolate cinnamon chia – bowl is on my website under breakfast and what's, what's if anyone your, wants to find it. of course they do what's your website address www.susanjoyfultable.com susanjoyfultable.com cool and we'll put that in the show notes too so people can just click straight there which is so cool so sue take us back to a time in your life when you were on the conventional wisdom low-fat diet how was that working out for you? Well, I actually was on a low-fat diet for something like 18, 19 years. And, like, avocado was the enemy. I loved avocado, but I could not put it on my plate. It was total fat. Too fatty. And the food that actually went without was unbelievable. And I – because when I hear something, I believe it, if something is – if that's really good for me, I need to do that. You know, and I don't don't go off track. I just like, all right, this is good for me. I do it. So I got what every book I could. The government said low fat was the best. So 
I changed all my way of cooking. And even instead of putting oil in with my onion and frying it, I would put some water in with my onion and fry it because I didn't want fat. Yeah. That's how extreme I went. And um, then later on, my liver function tests started coming back. Many years later, they started coming back with abnormal results. And I was having <clears throat> scratchy skin. I was having lots of problems. And then I had some testing done and my liver function tests were ridiculous. And I had such bad um, fatty liver disease and the doctors just could not work out. They took me off any medication they thought it would be, even anything like any normal painkiller from the grocery store, anything. I couldn't have anything, but it didn't improve. And so eventually down the track after six years of them not working out, I went to a specialist and had had to have liver biopsy, which I don't do that, please. <laughs> it's horrible. And the specialist then sent me to dietitians. They knew there was a link with diet, but they weren't sure. So I was sent to several different dietitians because nothing was helping. And they had me on a low GI diet, so lots of grains, lots of low-fat yogurts and all of those things. And those are the things I find out later not to have. They're the things that were making me more sick. <sighs> so the specialist just gave up on me. Because there's nothing that they could do. They figured they tried everything. So um, eventually I found um, I was managing chiropractic clinics at the time. So I was in the health industry and I had a very, very stressful job. Most of the time I was actually managing two clinics at the same time. Oh, yeah. And I was having hormone issues, very stressful job, and I went to see a more holistic doctor about my hormones. So he did huge lot of tests and of course one was my liver come, come, coming back you know he got all those results back and I go in to see him and I think we're going to talk about my hormones but he couldn't get past my liver tests he goes my goodness you've got catastrophic fatty liver disease he said if you don't do something about this you're you're going to lose your liver and he said you don't understand how bad it is he said you're too old to get a liver liver transplant. He said, you don't smoke, you don't drink. He said, um, but because of your age, I think I might have been like 56 or something then. I don't know. I'm 62 now. I don't know. It, went, it was age. And it, sorry, I just gave away. Yeah, I was going to ask you that so, too. <laughs> I thought I was. Sorry, 62. Um, yeah, so you'd think at 56, well, they would at least give you a liver. But he said, no, you wouldn't get it. Someone younger, and it didn't matter if they were on drugs or what they were, they're just because they were younger. And so that was a real eye-opener to oh, me. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he said, we need to work on that before we do anything else. He said, because once you get liver disease, you get, you know, the scar tissue that was forming would turn to cirrhosis of the liver. And then that was that. So he gave me a book by um, Dr. Sandra Cabot. And he said, I want you to take that home and I want you to read it. And it was about reversing fatty liver disease. So I went home, I read like crazy. And I started removing everything that she said, which was processed sugar, um, dairy, it was gluten, it was beans and high-carbohydrate foods. 
So straight away I went on there and I went back to see him and he saw improvement and he goes, wow, you're really doing what that says. And I said, well, of course I am. And he goes, well, most people, you tell them something and they figure it's too hard so they don't do it. And I said, but I might not live if I don't do this. And um, anyway, I had great improvement, but I still couldn't get back into the norm, the normal range with my liver uh, function tests. Mm-hmm. So I just started my own research, researching, research. This is before paleo was was popular or I had never heard of it. And just researching, I thought, right, I'm not just going to cut out um, glutinous grains. I mean, I'd gone to every Asian store, Indian store, trying to find um, flowers that didn't have gluten in them just so that I could make things. had nothing to follow. There was no wheat-free books available. There was nothing. So I had to experiment myself. But then when I started researching, I started seeing, no, cut out all grains, not just gluten grains. Do this, do that. And I started reading more things. And I actually, about 11 months after, I actually had, I was in the normal um, readings for the liver function test. And that was just, it was actually for me a very emotional time that I've actually achieved that. And then, after that, it started coming out, the paleo diet, um, and it started becoming popular. And then I realized that's what I've been doing. That's how I healed <laughs> doing that. I'm all over that. And <laughs> <laughs> I've got that. I didn't even know what happened. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. So a lot of people during that time had uh, started approaching me and said, look, a friend told me that you reversed your fat liver disease and I've been to the doctor and I've got fatty liver disease but they don't know what to do about it he just shrugged his shoulder shoulders and told me I had it but didn't tell me how to fix it because he doesn't know how to fix it and there's no drugs to fix it oh really okay and so I I people started connecting with me Mm. and I said look I've had to read rethink my food and re you know rewrite recipes I had paper everywhere and um, I said would you like help and because you know I want to help people yeah. it's just a natural a natural thing that you want to do that when you're passionate about something Absolutely. so I started giving out my recipes emailing them to people I typed them all out and um, some friends I'd drop in, I'd take them samples so they could taste them and then they'd say, oh, yeah, I want that recipe. And that's kind of how it started. That I was doing that for probably 18 months until one of my friends said to me, so I have all of these papers of your recipes. Can you put them in something for me? Like, can't you put them in a book or something? And I kind of thought, well, that's a bit oh. rude. I'm doing all this work. Oh, really? How rude. So anyway, it was kind of funny. And um, then I eventually retired and from um, a lot of things happened. Uh, stress was affecting me. I, I then um, Hashimoto's um, and a thyroid autoimmune disease. And a lot of that I think was brought on by stress with my job. Okay. And I'm just like, right, it's, it's time to stop. I stopped working and – yeah, people just started saying, you're going to do that book now. And, and I thought, oh, my husband will just, I'll drive him crazy. I already do with, it, you know, talking about food. So 
um, yeah, then he actually encouraged me, which was amazing. And so then I went on the journey to try and find a publisher. I've never published a book. What do I do? And then I did a bit of research. And here in, in Perth, it's way too expensive. I would have had to have mortgaged our whole house. Really? To have got something to, yeah, to publish it for me. So then I went researching again mm. and I wasn't going to give up. I thought there's got to be a way to do this. And then I discovered that you could self-publish and it would cost a little bit more for people to buy your book because they actually print it as you order it so that there's no stockpile that would cost and so on. So then I went down that journey. Um, but then that actually took about 18 months to totally complete the book because I started um, writing out my, typing my recipes for them and photographing them, borrowed my son's camera, had yeah, no idea how to take a photo. Really good. <laughs> but it, when people say, well, why aren't you going to get someone to take your photos? But if you've gone through a health journey and you've come out of it well, and this is such a personal thing, creating those recipes. Mm. I needed to write it. I needed to photograph it. I needed to even do the cover. I, I It all had to be by me. It was my story. And I also think that probably was a part of my healing and just yeah, moving on also, yeah. I feel, looking back on it. But it wasn't smooth going. It was a really, really stressful thing doing it because I'd never done it before mm. and this company even though they were based in Sydney I mean, the head office was in the US and I was dealing by email with people in the US and they couldn't understand exactly I wanted it like this they'd send it back a proof that's not how I told you mm. I knew in my mind how I wanted yeah. my book to be and so I didn't give up until they did what I wanted um but I just needed it to share with people. There were so many people out there that needed help and I'd already gone through it. Let me make it easier for them yes. was sort of that That really was what was on my mind. But it, it wasn't easy going because during that time my mother-in-law, um, I took over full-time care of her. She got lung cancer mm. and, I, and I would cook for her and, dress her and shower her and then I had a brother-in-law had two toes amputated through diabetes and I nursed him for seven weeks while I was photographing and a daughter-in-law went into hospital I had my grandchildren because my son was away and there was wow. just like so many things during that time and then my book actually um my mother-in-law passed away and she missed seeing the finished product. And that was very sad for me because she enjoyed the taste testing. I bet she she always had this saying, I have no idea what you cooked for me tonight. And I thought, oh, no, she's going to complain. And she goes, oh, it was so delicious. And she, this little phrase she would say, and um, she didn't, she missed seeing my book published, yeah, by a couple of months. And then my brother-in-law passed away four months after her. And um, my book then um, came out and eight weeks after my book, I had a massive heart attack. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, yes, yes. It was horrific. And, um, yeah, it was – and that was stress. And, and that's one thing that I like to bring out to people. We can look after our body with food, but we also have to look out for what 
we take on. I didn't have any choice at the time. People needed me. But because I was also doing the book and editing at night, um, because I'd already started that and I didn't want to stop that, Mm. you know, I wasn't as kind to myself as I should have been. But I have never said publicly anywhere that I actually had the heart attack because I was so embarrassed. Here I am. I have a cookbook just come out. I have all of these recipes for a healthy life and look what I did. But then on the other hand, it's amazing for me to have had an angiogram and rushed me in and everything they did and they get inside and they go, oh, my goodness, this woman has zero calcium. She has, there's nothing built up in her arteries. There's absolutely nothing. Wow. I had coronary artery spasms. So my, my heart muscles closed over. Okay. So they actually went into, into shock and they squeezed and closed my blood vessels up and there was no blood to the heart, right. which caused a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So that was my warning, slow down. So take time for yourself. But when the, the cardiologist sees the results and they're going, what? I wish I had that on a piece of paper. That's like gold. To have on a piece of paper, you have zero calcium, zero buildup. You've got these perfect arteries. And he said, and look at you. Look at your age. And I said, I eat a paleo lifestyle. And he goes, well, don't change how you eat. Yes. And this is a cardiologist yeah. Keep doing in the what hospital. Doing. Yeah. Wow, that, that's a real and achievement. And you know what, Sue, so I'm really glad that you brought that up. I know, And I know exactly what you mean about, you know, because, you know, I'm putting out my message and, and sort of saying, you know, look at me, uh, do what I do kind of thing. And and so there's, there, you do feel like you've kind of got to be this perfect um example but the reality is that perfection is just a myth and I think it's great that you've shared that because yes it does start with food and you can transform a hell of a lot just by ditching the grains and the dairy and the refined sugars but doesn't just stop there does it there's no point um just eating this amazing paleo diet if you're under a lot of stress if your sleep's terrible if you're doing a job that doesn't align with your passion you know all of these different fact is it's got to be the whole the whole thing doesn't it not just the one part yes the whole package yes because food plays such a big part and of course it did when they saw inside my arteries we had proof but the things on the outside was still affecting was still affecting me and um I had to then look at the the blessing look I'm And then my heart healed. There's no nothing. There's no evidence now that I even had a heart attack because my body could mend itself yeah. because I had it. I was I was feeding it correctly, yeah, but I just didn't need that. Threat. That's right. And it's and it's like you know when when you get into those and we're, we're all in these chronic stress patterns. And you know, like you were working really hard in your in your chiropractic job and managing two clinics and very stressful. And then you retire. We, we sometimes repeat the same kind of habits, you know. So then, then you had lots yeah. of, you know, pressure on you, and you were still lots of stress, even though you had retired. And and it's just, I think it's what's happened to you, and I think it's beautiful. It's like it's just your your message, like you say, it was a blessing. It's like a message. Your body was going, okay, look, yes. Sue, if you're not gonna chill out, we're gonna make something happen. So you yeah. pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> so 
tell us what we've done because stress is like a biggie, right? We're all you know maxed out mm. one way or another, and even like it sounds so lovely romantic to make a cookbook, but even that, like you say, in itself is really stressful yes. and, and, and and even just from the yeah. levels of the actual administration of it and, and doing it and liaising with the different people that you need to deal with, but also all of the personal issues that come up when you're putting your baby out there in the world, right? It's a it's huge. Like I totally know what it feels like. So can you talk us through what you've done now, Sue, to m- manage the stress? I'm making sure I'm going to bed early. I've changed um, my sleeping because, of course, when I was caring for the other family members, when I was editing, getting emails back from the publisher, I wasn't up to 1, 2 o'clock doing the editing because during the day I was caring for them. And in between I was taking food photos. (laughs) So now – yeah, making all the food. I had to make it to photograph them. <laughs> but then I did have plenty to feed them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, going to bed. Um, I try now to, you know, get ready for bed at 9.30. So that's a big, big for me because normally even on a normal night it would be 11, but, of course, when I was doing the book it was much later. So that's a big change is getting more sleep. Um, I've stopped putting the alarm on in the morning. Now, a lot of people, yeah, they have to. They've got to get up and go to work. I work from home. So I can change things around, but I've had to do things that would, would help yeah, would help me. And I've got great daughter-in-laws, and they just watch me all the time. Sunday is always family lunch, everybody over. And then they, they started stopping me, right? So uh, we're still having family family lunch, but let's just do salads and let's just get the guys throwing meat on the barbecue. Let's not you just cook a big meal. Yeah. Um, much less stress. So they started, yeah, much less stress. And sometimes they'll say, if you don't get time to make food on Saturday for Sunday, just tell us. We'll pick up a couple of cooked chickens on our way to your place. And they've just made me mm. chill mm. that that. Yeah, that bit there, which yeah, that that'd been great. And there's that element, isn't there, of uh, um, of, of relinquishing some of the control? Because I don't know, like yeah, I think you and I are quite yeah. similar, but I kind of wanted to make everything because I wanted it to be really perfect. You know, like pe- perfect from a paleo perspective, but also because I wanted to like it was, it was kind of like a, a love language. Really, I want to make this for you to show you. You know, and, and I've totally got this, yeah. and I can handle it. So it takes a lot. It's not just a case of oh, thanks for your help. It takes a lot to relinquish that. Like hands on everything, doesn't it? Yes. And I think also being the mother, the mother-in-law, the person caring for everyone, I tend to want to think about their needs before they even know their needs because my daughter-in-laws will say, how did you know I needed that? You just went and bought that for me. I said, because I knew you would need it in a couple of days. They go, but I didn't even know I would. And they said, make your mind stop thinking because I'm always preparing it's just a thing about me you know I'm I'm always preparing and thinking of what's going to be needed let's get it organized early so that there's no stress at the time (laughs) but I'm probably getting it organized (laughs) yeah yeah, it's really letting go letting go also with a few things around the house I like the house to be tidy and things and so um I try not to be 
quite as a perfectionist. Mm. Um, that that's helped helps a little bit. Um, and if no one's coming and I'm going to have a busy day cooking in the kitchen for you know testing, if I don't make my bed now, I don't stress. I don't stress. I would never have a day without making my bed. And now I'm like, well, no one's going to be here. No one's even going to see that room. So let's get on with what I want to achieve today. And, you know, and that's just totally not me, but I'm actually letting go of some things that I felt were so important, but it's not that important. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's really just slowing, slowing down. Yeah, just not that- trying to be me for everybody. Yes, yeah, it's good. And but you know, boundaries are good um, to, to have. You know, look, I'm, I'm prepared to do this much, but it just gets into that. You know, um, I talk about this quite a lot. We, we serve. You know, we serve our communities. We're serving our families, and then there's service, and then there's martyrdom. And 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 as women, we we just yes. sometimes it's too much of a blurry line, and almost like the more stressed and overwhelmed you get, the more you do, and it's just like this vicious cycle of yeah. like, and then it just leads to well, a heart attack in your case, um, you know. But it doesn't yes. always have to be quite quite as extreme. So just to just to yeah. slightly <laughs> just to slightly go back in time now, fatty liver um, fatty liver disease. I haven't really heard a great deal about it and I, I would just like you to run us through some of the symptoms of it because it's something that I just associated with alcoholism which is obviously not true because you don't drink no at all true yeah so, tell, tell so a lot that. of people you said scratchy skin but what what else does it involve I was itchy so my thighs um would I'd be scratching so let's just say mm. if um I had Let's just say if I had it in the old days, let's say if I had a tablet that might be, I don't know, could be for anything, what normal people might have, an antihistamine tablet or something like that. So if I put some medication through my liver, I would notice that I would start getting itchy in my thighs. I'd start scratching. And it started to realise to me after I knew that I had fatty liver disease, oh, something's affecting my liver. It's just one of those things that, that I started noticing and on my wrist I seemed to get a little spot that would be itchy and then I would go and get my liver tested and I said oh I think it's playing up and they said oh yeah it's terrible but it's actually called um non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is actually the, the proper name of it now how it is caused is through having too many carbohydrates right so if you if you're having a high-carbohydrate diet, which you would be having because you're eating low-fat, as I was, you know what I mean? Like I was eating low-fat all that time. So it makes a very high-carbohydrate diet. And carbohydrates, sugar, they actually turn to fat in the liver. And so that fat just builds up and builds up and causes scar tissue. It stops your liver from functioning properly. It makes you put on weight because your liver isn't um, – the food isn't, the toxins aren't being able to be filtered. Yeah. So it's just, it's all from a high carbohydrate diet, refined sugars. That is just where it comes from. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
so uh, and of course other people will get it's so interesting and, and it's funny when you start to join the dots and now you've told me that when when I was when I had my health crisis one of my symptoms was um estrogen dominance um and that that presented in things like really bad PMS really sore boobs before a period and really heavy periods um yeah won't go into too much detail but really heavy periods and so this was because I had a buildup of estrogen in my in my body and since I've gone paleo my periods are like they were when I was a teenager you know there's like oh nothing no oh there's my period oh no dramas and no boob pain and all that kind of thing and that's because I've managed to um process the estrogen through my liver I think it's the phase two detox but it might not be because I'm not a naturopath but um that's so interesting so you know like that could just be from a sluggish liver from eating all of those carbohydrates right yes that's right and so much fat had built up around my liver Mm. um and of course it 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 can be quite tender um Mm. it can also then cause gallbladder problems or connectors so a lot of people that can have a gallbladder attack can actually be they also have fatty liver disease they just go hand in hand so moving all those carbohydrates. I mean, I still have carbohydrates and, and as women, we need carbohydrate for our hormones to produce our hormones, but we need the carbohydrates like, you know, only like half a cup of sweet potato, some carrots, mm. green leafy vegetables. They all have carbohydrates in them and that's the carbohydrates that we want and men can go lower than, than women, but we need them for our hormones and especially for your thyroid, which so I've got to make sure that I do have, have mm. some carbohydrates carbohydrate but the right form of carbohydrate yes. from whole yeah. foods as opposed to processed food. carbohydrates yeah. yes and a lot of people don't yes. think do they when they think about carbs they think about bread pasta rice but there's yeah like you said there's carbohydrates in all in all fruits and vegetables and it, so if you're eating from yes. you know the primal spectrum you'll get ample carbs right you don't need to supplement Correct. because there's not there's no nutrition in bread that you can't find in any other plants and animals is there that, that's correct that's correct and we find so much more nutrition in those foods mm. that that are going to replace the bread you know the carbohydrate in the bread we get so much more in that package it's like a whole package where the slice of bread might just give us Brain you know, fog. a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and everything else yeah yeah so t- talk us back about the Hashimoto. So when when did you get that diagnosis, Sue? That was diagnosed um, about 12 months before I actually retired. Um, I was actually running a clinic with the principal. The owner was overseas for six months and I had locums in. I had organising all different um, practitioners and it was a very, very stressful time. And during that six months he was overseas, I thought I had a virus. I couldn't go to work. I was in bed. Everything ached all over. I felt ill, and um, but I needed to work. So I had a couple of days off, and, and then I would crawl out of bed, and I'd go and sort of do half a day at work. I was just aching. I was so tired. Just the fact of getting out of bed and showering, Mm. and driving to work. By the time I got halfway to work, I'm driving. That was enough That was enough energy. I was ready to the bed. 
And so after five weeks of feeling like this, I actually went to my GP and I said, I've had this virus for five weeks. I said, I really need you to check me. And he goes, you cannot have a virus for five weeks. I go, oh, all right. So he did some blood tests and then I got a phone call. Quick, get in here. Mm. And he says, you've got um, thyroid disease. And he said, that's why you feel so, so sick. Mm. And so I started on thyroxine, which that's probably the only medication that that GPs give you. But it actually took months and months to start to feel better. It it was very slow. Mm. Um, Yeah, it it was slow. And then then I just decided later, I think it's just time to retire. It's just too many things Mm. happening with my body. It's just time. And... um, the great thing is the doctor I was seeing for my liver, the more natural doctor, he then put me on a natural thyroid, a compound compound pharmacy did. And I felt better with that because I wasn't quite producing. Thyroxine is T4, but we had to convert it to T3 to use it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't converting it properly. And so getting a, a proper natural mix was much better for me so I do really really well with with my thyroid I take my my tablet every day if I overdo it I will find I will get a little sore and tired and you know that kind of bone tired yes and that's a warning for me you're doing too much so in actual fact that picks me up before I get too far do you like normally to your body aren't you really tuning in and I, I really can now. I can work out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. So then that's my little reminder. Slow down. Mm-hmm. If you don't slow down, you'll get the bigger reminder down the track because that will yeah. hurt. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you've, you've, you've had your message and you are listening loud and clear. I love that, Sue. Yes. So let's talk about so how things have changed because, you know, you've talked about being absolutely – you know, exhausted and itchy and all of the other symptoms that you've mentioned. But looking at you now, you're like the picture of health. You're bubbly, you're vibrant, clear skinned. I can't believe you're 62. Like you don't have a wrinkle on your face. Oh, well, laughing ones. <laughs> <laughs> Those ones are good. The laughing ones are good. And you've obviously got loads of energy. You're passionate. You're just like yes, amazing. So how like how is that different to how Sue was before have you always been this like bubbly vibrant person or um yes I've all I've always been a bit noisy um <laughs> and, I've always, and I've always liked to do lots and achieve lots and but um I would get worn out previously yes we're now you know, I get my little signals when I've done too much, but I I think when you're so passionate about eating healthy and I'm so passionate about making things easy for people, I don't want people, people to have the same journey as I had. That's hard work and trying to create food that your family would, would eat. That's hard work for people, you know, I, I – I, I want to be able to help them in that way. Um, but I just think now there's no itchies, there's no, I don't know, I just feel, I feel great. That's, that's I, amazing. I don't, 
I actually don't know. Yeah. So why? I, I mean, I do know. Why. <laughs> it's really sorry. You. It's so inspiring, and I'm just going to talk about your cookbook again, uh, just in case nobody saw. Sorry, before this is the cookbook. It's so good, and look how thick it is. It's like 150 recipes in here. And the thing I love the most about your book, Sue, is like when you open it up, it's like a normal recipe book, like. Um, in England, we have a WI, Women's Institute, and over here you have CWA, Country Women's of Australia, yes. I think. And, and there's like normal it's just, yeah. foods like pies and cakes and, and, and you know, uh, pancakes and all those sorts of things that, um, you know, you wouldn't know if you, if you cooked something out of your book, you wouldn't know it was paleo, right? You've just given us an alternative for absolutely everything and you've used a lot less refined sugar. Well, there's no refined sugar. But there's like maple, like I made your pancakes on Saturday and we made 12 pancakes. There's like a tablespoon of maple syrup over the 12 pancakes. Well, that's not going to cause an insulin response at breakfast. Do you know what I mean? No. And it's not going to ever. Yes. Yeah. And, and full of good yes. fats from the almonds and all that kind of thing. And I just really like, it, I love your book because um, a lot of people that I speak to say that it's just paleo is like, it's so hard, you know, and, and. And they even like sabotage themselves before they start because they say, oh, well, you know, I'm never going to get the kids on board eating broths and liver and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, 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 oh, the husband's not going to like it either, but your book makes it totally doable, doesn't it? It, it does. I had, I think women who have young children and say they're already paleo, they bring them up in their home right from birth, that's, that's easy. You know, you might have when they get to school a bit of conflict because of what other children are bringing, but you can, you know, they're actually used to eating a whole food diet, your children. But I had sons, I had daughter-in-laws, I had grandchildren, I had a husband, yes. and they had had all these years of eating you know, our normal standard diet that we have in Australia. And um, I have one son still at home. He was in his mid-20s who's now just had their first baby. Yeah, <laughs> he's married. Um, literally just this week, isn't know? it? Yes, this week, yes, <laughs> three days old. So um, I had all of them here for, you know, for meals, everybody, and I was cooking two different things. Oh, okay. And I, I I need them to be healthy too. I'm, I'm, I'm healing my liver, but okay, I needed to do that. But what about them? So they would turn their nose up at things, but I didn't tell them. I started creating things that looked like their normal food <laughs> and put it on the table. And all the time, so they're, they're just going, oh, yeah, this is delicious. Why did you change in this? And a lot of my soups, they started saying this. And I said, well, actually, this one's going in my cookbook. You know, I little things because I was storing up recipes and they knew I was going to do that. And, um, yeah, they were just going, oh, wow, I like this. And they all make my naan bread at home whenever they're – and they make all of my daughter-in-laws make um, my Indian butter chicken, the green Thai curries. We had that last um, night. Very they, good. <laughs> Good, good. And yeah, just, just, I just enjoy watching them actually start to enjoy healthy food. Mm. And that's what that was all about. I had to. They already had for all their life. They were all in their 20s and 30s, my kids and daughter-in-laws. And then I had grandchildren. And my yeah. 
yeah. granddaughter was my biggest critic. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they don't hold yeah, back. So they, they don't hold back. So I had to produce what they were going to eat, and so I had to work hard. Yeah. So and that what's resulted in the book because I want to help people that that think you you can't have normal food. All that food in there is like normal food, it just is. healthier. Yes, just paleofied. So it's just like normal stuff that we've all been brought up on, but it's just paleofied. So, you know, and, and I think that that's great because a lot of the cookbooks out there, like there's a, a, like loads of amazing cookbooks out there, but some of them you open yes. up and it's like all these strange ingredients, you know, like pomegranate molasses my mum was complaining the other day where would I find that in England you know and and galangal (laughs) and all of these like you know like 11 billion ingredients and it's like and what I love to tell about your um, Thai curry is you know it's Monday night I've got literally 15 minutes to make dinner and it's okay to use a curry paste from a jar and you even recommend a brand that you use I'm like oh thank god you know thanks for like making it so doable because some maybe on a Saturday you might want to grind some spices in your pestle and mortar and yeah. grate your galangal. But on a Monday, but on a Monday night you can't be bothered. <laughs> you just want to like knock up something quickly that everyone's going to eat. And I actually made a kilo of it with the plan to have leftovers and maybe another meal in another week. But it all got eaten. Like I think my kids, <laughs> my kids must be having a gross. Well, that's great. Crazy. That's great news. It's crazy. So thank you. Yeah. But for people who are thinking about or people who are like um, thinking about starting paleo or, or they've got a few, you know, they think it might be too hard, what advice do you have for them, Sue? Uh, my advice is small steps. I had to go full, you know, I mean, hardcore mm. because it was life-threatening. So um, I couldn't function without a liver, so it was it was hardcore. I had to really, really work hard. If I had the choice, I would have done a small steps. First things would be cut out uh, the gluten grains and cut out the sugar, um, yeah, and wheat, of course. So anything with gluten in and anything with uh, refined sugars in, those two mm-hmm. things just cut them out first. The most important things. Once you master that, once you get used to eating without them in there and you find alternatives that that will help you, you've you've achieved that. You know, it's like, look, give yourself a big kiss. I mean, a big tick. That's a big step. Absolutely. Then start looking at taking out the legumes, you know. Um, but even though I'm saying taking those things out, you might think, I can't take them out. But you're going to be replacing them with other things. Yes. And those things you're going to be used to. So you're going to be replacing with lots and lots of different things, lots more vegetables. You're going to – you need to think of uh, – one thing that gets me a bit upset about people saying paleo, they keep saying caveman, meat, and really it should be a plant-based diet. Yeah. So, you know, plate should be about two-thirds of vegetables, salads, vegetables, and, and then about a third of, of, of protein. And don't forget, you know, don't forget the fish. You know, I know it's hard to get fish um, that isn't wild caught, but we still can get it in Perth. I bought a lovely piece on Saturday. And made fish fingers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
that's another that's another one that's totally you guys so you've got a, a great Thai fish cake recipe in the, in your book too but the um fish cakes are so family friendly and you can squeeze loads I normally put in loads of extra veggies in there and handfuls of spinach and blah, 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 mix it all up and they they're just getting patties they think it's great yes People just need to get creative mm. and and they also need to stop thinking about what they're not having. Yes. One of my biggest things when I actually got um, Sandra Cabot's book and I read, I can't have this, 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 the mm. first month was the hardest. Mm. I'm thinking I can't have that, I can't have that, and I can't have that. That just was, was my negative mind until I actually a few weeks into it started thinking, oh, I could have this. Start thinking about what you can have. I can have this, I can have that, I can have this. Do a massive big list and look at it. Wow, look at all the things I can actually eat. And those things are going to make me healthy. You just take away that, no, I can't bit, and yes, I can. Because it's human nature, isn't it? It's human nature. As soon as you say, you can't have this. You're, you're, it's just human nature to go, I want that. I can't stop thinking about that. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Whereas when, when you realize that you can like, you know, you can make anything from like, I was put it down to meat, fish, fowl, eggs, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, fats, and oils. You can make anything conventional out of those ingredients. Can't you? Correct. That's correct. And, and like I had to get really creative because I wanted to feed all these growing and little people that were used to this Western diet. Um, But they, you know, they've been healthy. But I just want people just to realise not to think that you're giving up these things. Think about what you're adding in. Think about what you're getting. Think about your health. Think about your skin. And not just yourself, but think about your family, your children, your grandchildren. You're giving them a great start. And I want, I don't know if you read in the front of my book, I dedicated the book. Um, I, I want my grandchildren to have these principles in their life. So as they grow up, they teach their children how to eat properly whole food, not this garbage that we've been fed that we've had to cope with and and realise it's only been a few years that breakfast came in a box. You know, breakfast was never in a box. It was leftovers from the night before's meal, you know, or it was soup or it was eggs. It never came in a box, a cardboard box. I mean, it's cardboard inside. Yeah. So we have generation that has just thought that that was breakfast, but there's no breakfast. No. It's cardboard. Yeah, it so um, I want my grandchildren to be able to pass on these healthier choices and the message about real food, and their children will be healthier, and then other people that they come in contact will be healthier, and we'll have a much healthier society. Mm-hmm. There won't be as many illnesses. We'll be, yeah, much healthier country. Yeah. I so love it. I love that's, my, that's my desire, yeah, for mission. it just to become natural. And, and what a great contribution you've made to that by giving us this cookbook because – um, you know, I, I would really recommend it to anybody who is thinking about starting out or finding it difficult to keep up with the fancy pants cookbooks just to really get something that, you know, you can, you could find, you could find something for every night of the week and every occasion, um, in there. So, so thank you for that. Now, getting on to that, um, tell me, so you, you've, you know, you really followed your big dream and you, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, I want to write a cookbook. I want to write a book, but mm, never get around to it. 
and you followed your big dream and you bloody did it. And so well done to you. <laughs> so my Thank next, you. My next question is, have you got any advice? I know there's a lot of people, they get on a paleo journey and it kind of transforms their life. And this little dream or this little passion pops out and then they're kind of like scared to, to sort of do it. But do you have any advice to anyone who wants to follow their big dream like you did? I had a lot of people saying, no, you can't do it. How are you going to do it? Um, it costs too much money. When I went to see this one publisher down in Fremantle uh, and I was so devastated with the cost it was going to be and I called in to see my mother. She's 88 now. And I said, oh, mum, I won't be able to do that with her, you know, because this cost. And, and so my mum goes, oh, good, that means you're not going to do it. This one oh. just goes, oh, good, so you're not going to do it. Yeah. And I said, no, I didn't mean I wasn't going to do it. I'm just not going to do it with them. And she goes, oh. But I think that's a mother thing. You know, you, she's thinking, will it be too much for me? And also, you know, I, I look at the bigger, you know, and, and I came home and I told my husband and he said, well, that's not the only person. Let's do a bit more investigating, a bit more research and looking online and then so I could self-publish and that was going to be much cheaper. So I, I wanted to do it. There were so many people out there that needed this and it was part of me and it, and it, was, it was my love in a way to other people. Yeah. Um, just passing on on my love and I think I needed that to finish my healing journey of everything I'd gone through but then of course another journey started <laughs> with getting sick and everything afterwards or something. Um, but I think people need to follow their dream I think you don't feel fulfilled if you've got this yearning inside you I just challenge people to don't give up. When it starts to get a little bit hard, okay, just step back a little bit, you know, don't think about it for a couple of weeks and then get back on it again. Mm. Start researching, start seeing what you can do. But don't think that the process is going to be a short process. It is going to be a long process because this is so much that you've got to say and so much, um, you know, I thought it was going to be I would do it in six months. Mm. I would have all of my Word documents of all my recipes typed up, all my photos done, the cover done, all the information beforehand. I thought I'd have that done in six months. It'd be printed, be out in six months, 18 months later. So that was also a learning curve to just keep going. Because I had that dream, I'm glad I kept going. I, I could have stopped when my mother-in-law got ill and I, mm. and I cared for her. Okay? But no. Um, I, I just needed to do it. And I really encourage people, if you have got this dream, this desire you want to do, please just do it. You'll just, it'll bring so much more out of you. You'll feel more accomplished, more complete. And also I think you get that satisfaction of also being, is being able to help other people. Yes. And I think um, especially women, we do want to help people. We, mm. That's just a natural desire. And you get that fulfillment of, of that pleasure of helping people. Yeah. And I always Sorry, think, that was 
No, 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 it's beautiful. And I love what you've said there. You know, you've, you've taken that passion and it's that passion that's been like the, the fuel under your, um, you know, your willingness to, to persevere. And, and, and even though it's a bumpy road and it, it took longer than you thought it was going to take, you, you, you got the, you got the product out there. So like major kudos to you. And I love that what you've thought about as well is not just you and, and yes it's been very cathartic for you and, and a big accomplishment and extremely fulfilling to bring your you know book to the world but you are also thinking about what's in it for them you're like what's in it for mums like me who want to cook something quick on a Monday night when you've only got 15 minutes of time you know so and I always think when, I, when I'm talking to people about following their big dreams think about what's in it for the people that you're serving really helps to pull you forward doesn't it so yeah Love yes. It. Yes. Oh, it's your eyes off yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got the book. You've told us about your website, susanjoyfultable.com. If people wanted to work with you or get more Sue in their life, is there a way that they can work with you? Um, anybody, yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually been quite a lonely journey for me. Because I didn't know anybody else really in the paleo field. Um, I just went with my gut feeling. I just kept researching and I just did my passion. I just did it in the background. I was just at home. I was doing this. But there's many, many times I wish there was someone I could ask a question. I wish there was someone who'd already published a book that I could ask, you know, what was How tough about it? What should I watch yeah. out for? What questions should I ask? Um, I didn't have that and I didn't have any friends that ate paleo. I didn't um, – there was – it was a – it was a very lonely journey, but I kept at it. It's what I wanted to do, so I did it. If, if no one's going to help me, that's okay. I will do it my way. Mm. So anybody's out there that actually needs help, oh, it would just bless my heart to make their journey easier. If they had it you know, on my website, you can contact me through my email, any questions. And I get a lot of people um, down south, um, Bustleton, Bunbury, people emailing me saying, um, I heard you on the radio and I am um, can't stick to my diet. I used to do different things like Weight Watchers and things like that. So I just need a bit of guidance. And so I just start emailing them and, and or messaging them and, and getting a friendship going. And um, one lady I did meal plans for for several weeks, she just could not work out what to eat. Yeah. So I hand wrote on things and I photographed it with my phone and I would email them to her. Gorgeous. That saved time because I wasn't typing up this big thing, but I could help her um, and I would give her recipes on my website or I'd tell her other things. And and that's just something I enjoyed doing, doing for her. She she was stuck. And I've had other people contact me um, just through hearing me on the radio. And that's that's great. I just yeah. – and it doesn't cost anything to me. It's just sharing, helping people get on track. So, yeah. um I would love to help anybody that 
that's wanting to do something or they're stuck. I mean, that's what we need to do today. And it's not about money. Do I need to pay you to help me? It's not. It's just I just think as a society we need to be available for people. Absolutely. You know, just sorry. I love seeing that passion come through. I love it. And yes, of course, you're on the radio. You did tell me that last week. Which station can people hear you on and in what capacity? It's 98.5 FM, so it's Sunshine Radio. Um, and it's every second Monday. So it'll be this next Monday coming up, I'll be on. And it's after the 10 o'clock news. So it's the morning show with Mike. So that's. That's quite funny how that came about. Mm. Um, 98 points. I've had, um, had advertised that they'd like some bloggers for on their website. And they just kept advertising it. And I thought, oh, I might just apply um, and see if, yeah. So I sent in my details and I was contacted straight away. And they said, because wow. I think here's something else I can help, you see. And it was just voluntary work. You don't get paid to go on there. And so I got an email. And they'd gone and looked on my website and they said, we've chosen 12 people to help us with our social media on our website. And we've chosen you as one with health and, um, and healthy food. And we'd like, and so I had to do a contract with them and they can use things that are on my website and put it into theirs. But then the next week I got a phone call from the morning show producer and he said, so would you come down and meet me and, and stuff? And I'm going, yeah, like, you like what? He goes, I'd like you to go on my show. I'm going, oh, I'm not sure I could actually go on the radio. So <laughs> no, please, please come down. So I went down and I took my book and we got talking for ages. And he goes, I want you on once a week. I said, look, let's just start. I'll do it fortnightly. I don't think he's me again. You know, I'm like, I know that would put pressure on me. Yes. I'm trying to, well you know, yeah. Yeah, good so boundaries. that was a good girl, yeah. good choice. So I said, finally. So then I, I started, so I write a blog about what I'm talking about that morning. So then they use that on their social media and on their Facebook. So I found out I'm, I'm still, I'm doing the two jobs they asked me, the blog and talking on the radio, but I put it together in one thing. So mm. when I'm talking with Mike about a particular thing, I can then direct people to that blog on their website right. to get more information Perfect. or to get more recipes or share them recipes. So I might talk about, um, you know, let's just say, let's just say I was talking about cinnamon, which I did a few weeks back. And so then I will put on in the blog recipes that would use the cinnamon for Perfect. them. And so then we direct them to, yeah, to the blog. So that has been so much fun. So that's been 12 months I've been doing that now. Wow. And um, famous, totally love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love it. You just hear your voice. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, if you want to hang out with Sue as well, um, we, I know at the beginning of the interview I mentioned uh, the Paleo in Perth community, but I also have um, the Primal Alternative community, which is a smaller group, about five hundred people. And that's a really cool place if you are, you know, new to Paleo or you want to come in and ask Sue questions as well. Another place to find her or ask anybody, any 500 of us a question. Uh, we're all on this primal journey together and all there to support you and, and your journey too. So, Sue, thank you so much for being with me today. An absolute. And Helen, thank you so much for all the work that you do. You know, you're getting these things out, you're your networking, trying to help people in all different um, 
areas. And that's that's just an absolute credit to you. You know, I just love to come across other people that want to share this and want to help other people because, you know, it's just great because we can resonate. We're just doing it because we want to help people. Yeah. Love yeah. It. I and love thank it. you. You're so welcome. And I'm looking forward. I think the next time we're going to get to hang out, Sue, is going to be um, Joe Whitten from Quirky Cooking is coming to Perth. And we're definitely going to be there. Yeah. Won't miss that. Yes. So I'll get to see you then, yes. if not before. If, I might see you at a Pete Evans dinner at Heirloom or something like that, maybe in the meantime. But I, I, I've never gone to his restaurant. I actually don't go and eat out. I just well, you wouldn't need to when you cook food. like you do. <laughs> That's awesome. It's too expensive to eat. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Sue. It's been an absolute joy talking to you today. Thanks, Helen. Thanks for all your love I could feel today. <laughs> This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.